Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are here in your house on your day with your people to hear your voice. And we open our minds and hearts to the Holy Spirit to speak to us today. Amen. So I believe it's a four-week series. I'm going to get this right. We're in a four-week series on John the Baptist. Is that how he signed his checks? Did he sign his checks, John the Baptist? No, that's the title we give to him because a big part of his ministry was to baptize people. And we got to do two today. I don't think there's anything more exciting in church except maybe a potluck. I don't think there's anything more exciting. That's a bad joke. More exciting than when we have baptisms in church. Because these people are committing the rest of their lives to live for Jesus. John the Baptist, a prophetic voice in his time. Hey, how you doing? Good. They're awesome. <laughs> a prophetic voice in his time with a message for his time that can resonate down the centuries to our time, something that God would like to say to you and me today. What does God want to say to us today? And before we get to that, we're going to ask the question, I hope you question everything. I hope you've learned to ask questions. I hope you question Everything. I hope you question everything I say today. I hope you go to Scripture and compare it. How does God speak to us? How does He communicate to us, to you? First of all, I'll ask you another question. Do you believe that God wants to communicate with you? Okay. The next question, are we going to make an attempt and try to listen to what he has to say. I've got a list here, it's probably longer, but God speaks to us through nature. We know this in Romans 2. Paul says, no one is without excuse. It's clear to everyone. The, the heavens declare the glory of God. So Paul makes a, a case, there's no excuse for anyone, does everybody have the Bible? No. Does everybody go to church? No. Does everybody participate in a religion? No. Can everyone experience nature? Yes. Even if you're blind, even if you're deaf, even if you're dumb, you cannot escape nature. If you're jogging or I'll use a Minnesota example. I used to drive miles and miles through the country, cornfields, row after row after row, beautiful rows of 
Minnesota sweet corn. How did those rows get there? If you have a garden, if you have a field of crops, there has to be a farmer, a gardener. When you look at the universe, you cannot say, this just happened. It's impossible. So nature, God communicates to us through nature. One of my favorites, the Bible. Does God speak to us through the Bible? Absolutely. I don't like to argue with people about the Bible. I want to admit it, 40 years ago, when I was studying theology in my 20s, I thought, I really thought this, that God was calling me to learn all the truths of the Bible so I could correct the world. So I could argue with people that knocked on my door. So I could defend and protect the truth. You know what? God can defend himself. He's able. The Bible speaks to each of us in different ways and there are millions of interpretations. Will only the people that have the correct interpretations get into heaven? I don't th thank you for whoever said that. No, we are not going to get into heaven on our interpretations of doctrine or theology or other things. We're going to get into heaven because Jesus died for us. Now we should seek truth and we should live truth. And John the Baptist is going to challenge us that in a second. Nature, the Bible. I've heard of this group called angels. Throughout scripture, did God send angels with messages? I've heard of a group, the three angels in Revelation. Angel came to Mary, angel came to Joshua. It is clear throughout scripture that God uses angels. One of my favorites, remember? Gabriel comes to Daniel and says, we have heard your prayers in the Most High. I have been wrestling with the Prince of Persia for two weeks to get here. That must be some wrestling match for two weeks. But Gabriel came to Daniel and said, you have been heard and I have, been, I have come to acknowledge you and encourage you. How about dreams? Is the Bible clear that God uses dreams to communicate with his people? And visions? You all know the difference, right? A dream is when you're sleeping. A vision's when you're alive. Joel 2 says, in the last days, your young men, I hate to break it to you, and your young women will have dreams and have visions. Nature, Bible, angels, dreams, visions. I'm gonna give you what I think is the best one, the purest one, is the Holy Spirit. You can't argue with the Holy Spirit. Well, you can, but you're not gonna win. You can argue scripture. You can 
argue, argue the Bible. You can argue. The Holy Spirit speaking to you, you know, Daniel, right? You know when that voice is impressing on you. Jesus said, I will send you the comforter. It's obvious that God speaks to us through Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Revelation, don't get too caught up in the monsters and beasts and all that stuff. At the beginning of Revelation, it says, a revelation of Jesus Christ speaking to his churches. I love Genesis 1 and 2. It's a perfect world. We mess it up in Genesis 3. From Genesis 3 all the way down to Revelation 21 and 22, we're living turmoil. Thank you. We are living in turmoil. We are... I'm going off script. I'm watching the clock, but I'm going off script. I am tired of seeing people suffer. I'm tired of it. You know who else is tired of it? God is tired of it. But I don't understand his time. I have to be patient. I have to be waiting. But I will say this to you. Whatever you're going through, and we all have things that we're going through, at some point, God's going to make it right. If one of your loved ones is sleeping in a grave, Jesus can make that right. If you've got a loved one that's sick or terminally ill or, I'm just going to say it, I hate Alzheimer's. You lose people before you lose the people. Anyway, whatever that is, Jesus is going to make it new. And now we're going to get down. I'm saving one for end, but I got a new one this morning. From this service, I believe God speaks through music. I'm going to say something I might regret. Usually when I say that, I shouldn't do it, but pastor, it's okay. I'm just saying that to get their attention because if you're not listening and I say, I'm going to say something I might regret, you all look at me. I grew up with the hymn book. When I went to Andrews 40 years ago in chapel, we used the hymn book. When we sing hymns and I hear hymns that my dad used to sing growing up, I cry. The hymn book speaks to me. Now the troubling part. It's been nice working with you, Matt. It's not a good time. Saints, there are people who like music, Christian music, that's different from what you like. They might be a different, different generation, or you know what? They might just have different music tastes. But I still believe God uses that music that I may not like to speak to those people where they're at. So let's not attack them. I don't like Brussels sprouts, but I'm not going to attack Brussels sprouts. And the same with music. If there's a music I don't like, I'm not going to attack it because God could speak through music to people. Okay, and the last one, before we get to John the Baptist. Fasten your seatbelts. God has always 
and will continue to send prophets to his people. I see you, Pastor. I know you believe that. I believe that God has raised up the Seventh-day Adventist Church with a prophetic message that is very close to the message of John the Baptist. And I'm speaking to myself here. If anybody else wants to apply it or listen, that's fine. We have to be very careful that we stay on message and keep Jesus at the center of the message. We can be prophetic, as John the Baptist is going to be in a minute here, and keep Jesus at the center. We're also going to see he called a group a bunch of snakes. I'm trying to think which group here today I want to call a bunch of snakes. I think I'll pass on that one today. Let us be careful that religion does not replace Jesus. And that can happen. Don't be so right that you treat people wrong. Okay, let's jump into Matthew 3. Matthew 3. Man, seminary was great. We had these classes. I remember we had a class just on the Gospels. These teachers knew so much. I mean, I just felt like so inferior. But it was so great to just sit at their feet and learn these things. Read Matthew 3 today. Also, Luke 3 deals with the same story. I don't have time to do both. I'm doing Matthew. You'll thank me for this. It's the shorter version. In those days, you all know what was happening there, the Romans. We got some Romans occupying the lobby right now. In their days, Rome was occupying Palestine. They were living under oppression. They were also, in those days, they were expecting what we're expecting. We're expecting the second coming. They were expecting which coming? The first coming, the Messiah, in those days. So John the Baptist shows up. Did a bunch of them think that John the Baptist was the Messiah? Yeah, they did. John the Baptist shows up preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Now it's interesting, Matt, in a big part of the New Testament, Paul would go to the synagogues. He would hit the churches. John the Baptist says, I'm going wilderness. I'm going, I'm going, let's just call it different. How different was he? Next verses. And saying, here you go, Steve, church, repent. That's one prophetic message. Repent. Isn't it great when we can tell other people to repent? Isn't that awesome? Tell the world to repent. Tell the country to repent. Tell the opposition political party to repent. Tell our kids to repent. Tell people in the church to repent. Isn't it great to tell people to repent? But you know what? When it comes to you to repent, you know who needs to repent? Everybody needs to repent, right? And if you say you don't need to repent, you need to repent. 
I repent every day when I leave the church because I go out of the church and I turn right because it is very dangerous to cross those four lanes. I'd rather take my time, turn right, so I turn right, and I love you get to the first light, and they say, no, you can't take a U-turn here, so you gotta go to the second light. I go to the second light, down a little, and then I make a U-turn and change directions. That's what repentance is. God is calling people, you and I, Steve, people, world, if you're walking a path and the Holy Spirit's telling you it's not the best path for you, God's saying, I want you to be on the best path. Repent, turn around, walk with me. So John the Baptist says, repent, why? The kingdom of heaven is nearby. How much of my life, your life, revolves around the agenda of the kingdom of heaven. So he connects those. Next. Next text. For this is he, John the Baptist, who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 40. Go check it out later. Isaiah 40. This is the one, John the Baptist, that was spoken about by Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. I'm going to admit a sin. I like Facebook because I like to connect to people. But I read something that discouraged me the other day as I thought about my profound influence and impact on Facebook is that Facebook is basically people crying out into the wind, talking to nobody. Nobody's listening. Nobody's responding. Some do. John the Baptist crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John's mission, a call to repentance, remind the people the kingdom's coming, and provide a straight path to the kingdom. Nothing in this world is as important as making it into the kingdom. Jesus said, what is a prophet of man? You gain the whole world and you lose eternal life. If your focus is not on the way, the road, the path to the kingdom, you're wasting your time. Next verse. Now John was clothed in camel's hair. I've never touched camel's hair. Has anybody touched it? Is it, is it soft at all? Is it sort of, somebody's giving me sort of a a little rough, you know, I'm, I'm not going to wear camel's hair, you know. I can do the leather belt. The food, we're not going to argue if the locusts were bugs or plants. That's a big debate with some people. We're not going to argue that. And he ate wild honey. Here's the difference. The dude was weird. God was weird. Did he care? He didn't care because his mission was more important than what people thought about him. This is a real temptation for pastors. We, it's tempting to get up here and just say beautiful flowery things all the time, to say reality to the people. Who wants to be a prophet? Anybody? I don't. Anybody you want to sign? A brother? What's your name? McGill. Let's see what God calls him to do. 
Samuel, remember Samuel? The voice spoke to him, and what did Samuel say? Here I am, Lord, speak for your servant. McGill, I know God has a plan for your life that you have no idea of, and he will use you and each one of us mightily if we give ourselves to him. Next verse. Then Jerusalem, okay, all Judea and all the region went out to see this guy. Remember, they didn't have cable TV. They didn't have cell phones. This was an interesting thing. Next verse. And were baptized by him in the Jordan because why? They confessed their sins. Confess your sins, baptized. Confess your sins, baptized. Next. Okay, this is where it gets fun. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, these guys are everywhere, aren't they? Like with Jesus, with John, they're following everybody around because they want to encourage them, because they love their message. No, they're not uh, doing that. Many came to his baptism and he said to them, brood of vipers. John the Baptist did not worry about being politically correct. He just threw it out there. All right, you snakes, who told you to come out here and flee from the wrath to come, which, to deal with reality, is a day of judgment coming? Is a day of judgment coming? Will God's people be saved and carried through it? Yes, but there also is a group if we believe the Bible, that judgment will come to, and we trust God to be the judge. You know who's not the judge? You or me. You know who's not the Holy Spirit? You or me. John, he's a prophet, he's speaking for God. Who warned you to flee? Next verse. This is for you and me. Carry this one out and do this. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. You know how much words are worth? Nothing. You know what's worth something? Fruit and works. Next verse. Whoa. And do not think to say, we have Abraham as our father. We're Christians. We have membership in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. We're the remnant, true people of God. John said, don't think that that's gonna carry you over the line, for I say to you, God could raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Put your spiritual pride aside. That may apply to some of us. I know it applies to me often. Next verse. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees, therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. You remember that fun text in the Bible where Jesus cursed the fig tree? Remember that? Jesus just making the point, a time of judgment will come. Third angel's message, the hour of his judgment has come. Good news for the people of God, judgment's in our favor. There's about a million signs in Orlando of people that have won lawsuits. Sometimes judgment goes in your favor. Sometimes it doesn't. Next verse. We're winding down. 
I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, which we did today, but he who is coming, Jesus, is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, I want to make one thing straight. The Bible does not say that everyone who is baptized with the Holy Spirit speaks in tongues. The Bible doesn't say it. The Bible does say that some people speak in tongues for different reasons, and I'm going to leave that sermon to Pastor Matt later. He can explain that to you. <laughs> He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. We want to do both things in this church. We want to baptize with water, but when they come out of the water, Jesus baptizes them with the Holy Spirit. Next, his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out the threshing floor, gather his wheat into the barn, but will burn the chafe with unquestionable, unquenchable fire. There is judgment, good and bad. Next, I love this. Then, Jesus came up from Galilee to John. Jesus showed up in the Garden of Eden, didn't he? When Adam and Eve messed up, he was there. He showed up in a burning bush. He showed up to Joshua, to Gideon, to the prophets, through the whole history. He showed up for the New Testament church. He showed up for the disciples. Good news, folks, he's going to show up for you and me someday. Jesus always shows up. And when he shows up, good things happen. Jesus came from Galilee, where he lived, to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. What? Next verse. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you're coming to me, now this is really cool. Jesus is affirming John the Baptist's ministry. He's putting his stamp of approval on it. Next verse. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so. For this it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, this is the right thing to do. And then he allowed it. Now remember this. We associate sin with baptism. Jesus had no sin, correct? Jesus' baptism was him saying publicly, Father, I'm committed to the path you've put me on. I choose to walk this path. And something really cool happens next. What happens? When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Now I want you to catch the words here. And behold, the heavens were open to him. Doesn't say the group. Doesn't say everybody. It says the, whole, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and landing on him. Let's break that down real quick. He saw the Holy Spirit. He saw the Holy Spirit coming to him. Next. And suddenly, a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. 
God spoke to Jesus there. God wants to speak to all of us today. Here's the big question. Are we listening? Are we looking? Are we seeking? And when we have found Jesus and the hope and that message, somebody asked me a couple weeks ago, is God real? God wants to be real to everybody and he has many ways to reveal himself to them. But finally, you can be a prophetic voice to people to share the love of God with them and say, look, I found a good path. It's not perfect. It does have suffering. But at the end of the path is hope. And the world needs hope. And the world needs Jesus. Father in heaven, we are so busy sometimes. Sometimes we're not even listening. Sometimes we're not even looking. Yet you never stop talking to us. And the prodigals that are in us that are in the world, the lost sheep that are out there, the lost coins, you never stop looking for them. May we be a church and a place and a people that welcomes all to the prophetic call that your kingdom is near and you love us forever. Amen.